Hey, what's up, guys? I just wanted to personally welcome you to the inaugural episode of the Draft Board Podcast. I am Jordan Reed, your host here on the Draft Board Podcast. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at JReedNFL. That's at J-E-R-D-N-F-L. Make sure you follow along. I will be posting a lot of things from there. I post all 22 clips. I give in-depth analysis and also some draft notes, which are just background information on some of the more notable name prospects in this draft class. And just to give you an overview of the purpose and some of the things that are going to be going on on this podcast, we're going to have prospect interviews. We're going to bring celebrities on. We're going to have local and national beat writers and other notable names as well. We'll have live mock drafts and we'll have coverage of all 32 teams and news and notes from around the league in general. So just go ahead, kick your feet up, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast. And episode one is a fantastic one. But before we get into the first prospect interview, which is one of my favorite prospects in this entire draft class, and that's former Kansas State offensive tackle Dalton Reisner. I just wanted to give a shout out to Kevin Jones and the Blue Wire Podcast Network for just giving me the opportunity to finally host my very own draft podcast. And there's going to be a lot of special things planned in this podcast. And I just want you guys to sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Of course, I have to talk about some more draft related stuff. And that's the top three picks in the NFL draft because they're really debatable right now. And that's the Arizona Cardinals at first overall, the San Francisco 49ers sitting in that second overall spot, and the New York Jets in that third overall spot. And I just want to give a quick overview of all those picks and just where I stand with all of them right now, starting at the top with the Arizona Cardinals. They need a lot of help on their roster, and they've brought in Cliff Kingsbury, which is their new head coach right now. And it it was a bit of a puzzling hire because they went on a bit of a limb. It wasn't who everybody was expecting them to hire after Steve Wilkes was a one-and-done which many really weren't expecting when they did hire Steve Wilkes at the time, but they got significantly worse as the year went on. And it's debatable whether it was the right decision or not, whether to let Wilkes go, but they moved on from him and they bought in Kingsbury and he's brought in a lot of energy. Everyone knows that he's most notably, he's most notable for his offensive genius and his offensive concepts. They're really good. They're very college oriented. And that's just the type of scheme that they're trying to implement with Josh Rosen, who is firmly entrenched as their franchise quarterback. But a lot of people are starting to be a bit skeptical of that because there was a clip that came out about Cliff Kingsbury and him praising Kyler Murray and that he would take him number one overall if he was ever presented with that opportunity. But we'll see if that does end up happening. And quarterback is probably the one thing that they're not really thinking about right now because they need so much help on that roster Patrick Peterson they dangled him a bit at the trade deadline and we'll see what happens with him as the offseason goes on Chandler Jones is a very nice piece that they have on defense as well and Larry Fitzgerald has already agreed to come back for another season he just signed a one-year extension in the in the past week or so so Christian Kirk is another fantastic piece that they do have as well the second round pick last year out of Texas A&M who had a very promising rookie season before it ended uh, ended abruptly with an injury so they have some they have some building blocks but they need a lot of help throughout their roster Nick Bosa obviously is the one player that has been linked to them the most and just pairing Nick Bosa with Chandler Jones is something that could really help them build up that defense but they need help on offense but Nick Bosa is is who a lot of people are saying is the top prospect on the board right now but we'll see what they end up doing with that top pick overall and I'm sure there will be some more storylines as we get closer to April moving on to the second pick 
in the draft, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. And they're in a very interesting spot, and I think they're sitting on a gold mine, and no pun intended at all, but I think they're in the firm position to either trade back or take the best player available on the board. But the best player on available on the board seems to be Quentin Williams at this spot, but the pick seems to be a bit redundant because they've invested so much in their interior offensive line with DeForest Buckner, who is I think is one of the more underrated players throughout the entire NFL, Eric Armstead, and Solomon Thomas, who was the first-round pick from a few years ago. So do they want to invest another top-five pick on their interior defensive line, or do they want to trade back to a quarterback-needy team that's trying to trade up and secure Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, or any other player of their choice, whoever they feel is the best quarterback in this draft? We could see a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Giants, Miami Dolphins, or even the Washington Redskins try to give up a King's ransom for that spot. So I think the San Francisco 49ers are sitting in a great spot at that second overall pick, but they need to address their need off of the edge. That's something that they haven't had in years, and maybe they take Josh Allen or they trade back and maybe get a guy like a Brian Burns or Ja'Kai Polite or somebody else of that sort. We'll see if they do end up taking Josh Allen that high. Some people are arguing that is a bit rich for Josh Allen with that second overall spot, and maybe they can trade back to secure maybe a second-tier guy in this draft class. Moving on to the third pick, and that's the New York Jets, a team that I think has a very, very bright future because they have building blocks on both sides of the ball. They have Sam Darnold fully entrenched as their franchise quarterback who finished the year really strong. After having a subpar year up until the last few games of the year, he was a bit of a roller coaster ride, even though they did sit him down with the injury. And he did have some periods where he did struggle, but that's a custom for a rookie quarterback. And he entered his first rookie season as a 20 year old rookie. So there's going to be some bumps and bruises and some roller coaster rides along the way, but it was really promising to see how he finished the year. Todd Bowles is out, Adam Gase is in. So we'll see how that partnership works throughout his tenure with Sam Darnold. On the defensive side of the ball, they have Jamal Adams, who is a stud. They have many other pieces as well, but their biggest needs right now, I think, are on the offensive side of the ball, and that's that offensive line, running back, and wide receiver. They have to surround Sam Darnold with some type of pieces in order for him to succeed. They just don't have those pieces up front in protection or on the perimeter or even in the backfield in order for him to be successful, and I expect them to address that, whether that's through the draft or through free agency. Now, on the flip side, on the defensive side of the ball, I think they need some help off of the edge. They haven't had a feared pass rusher since the days of John Abraham, which was many years ago, over a decade ago. So they need to find a way to find somebody that can rush the passer. And we'll see what they do at that third spot. A lot of experts are saying that that third spot may be a bit rich if Josh Allen is off the board. It's really too rich to take a guy like a Ja'Kai Polite and Brian Burns or even a Quinnen Williams if he is still on the board. I think Quinnen definitely would be a great fit for them. And we'll see what happens with Leonard Williams up the middle of that defense. There's been some rumors that they may dangle him for an early draft pick. So we'll see what they do end up doing. But I think the Jets have a fantastic future. They have a bunch of cap room to spend this offseason. And they've been linked to Le'Veon Bell. And we'll see what they do end up doing to help Sam Donald succeed. Hey guys, it's Jordan Reed here, and like the rest of us, you probably made a New Year's resolution. If you're planning to eat better, exercise more, be more patient, kinder, or whatever, it all starts with a good night's rest. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, and enter my promo code COZY. That's C-O-Z-Y, and you'll get two premium MyPillows and two Go Anywhere pillows. 
It's amazing what a difference a great pillow makes. If you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on their four-pack, shipping is absolutely free. That's right, no shipping costs, Zippo, Zilch, nada. And don't forget about their 60-day money-back guarantee. There's nothing better than the gift of restorative sleep. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, and use my code COZY to get two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. MyPillow.com or call 800-966-1472. Again, that's 800-966-1472. And remember, my promo code can be used for any offer on MyPillow.com. Again, that's promo code COZY, C-O-Z-Y. Once again, I just wanted to welcome you guys to the Draft Board Podcast, and here is my interview with former Kansas State offensive tackle Dalton Reisner. Pleasure to bring in former Kansas State offensive lineman Dalton Reisner for the inaugural episode of the Draft Board Podcast. Dalton, how are things going, man? Things are going really, really well. I'm out here in Anaheim, California, preparing for the NFL Combine. Just got back from the Senior Bowl, and things are things are going well. It's an honor to be on here, man. I appreciate it. So you come into the Senior Bowl, you're really one of the most notable names there, and you leave with your stock just extremely high. Just talk about that whole experience from the day you arrived to the game on Saturday. You know, when I, sh- when I showed up to the Senior Bowl this week, you know, I guess I might have been a guy that, you know, people knew of. They knew of Dalton Reisner, but I also think there might have been a lot of question marks this week as to, as to who is Dalton Reisner, um, what exact kind of player is he whenever he goes against top talent. Well, I guess we'll find out at the Senior Bowl. So a lot was riding on it. I used that uh, chip on my shoulder all week. I feel like I played well with that. It um, wasn't a perfect week, but I feel like I ex- practiced extremely well and played the game and played an extremely good game against some really top pass rushers like Montez Sweat, a uh, kid from Wyoming, uh, Ledbetter from Georgia, Ferguson from Louisiana Tech. You know, I just went against a lot of good players and extremely proud of how I, how I did this week. I know that I lived up to my name, and in my eyes, I believe that I rose my stock a ton. I'm not so sure where everyone – Everyone has me, but at the same time, I know that I went in there and I competed and I played with a chip on my shoulder and I played good ball. I, I know that a lot of coaches had to have noticed that. So I want to go back a little bit. You're from the small town of Wiggins, Colorado, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wiggins, Colorado, baby. <laughs> You're on record as saying there's like only 150 people that live there. So just talk about how exactly how great it was just getting exposure being from there. You know, it was a extreme honor that's a story that i told a lot of teams you know this past week you know there's 800 people in the whole town of wiggins no one else no more no more no less that that's what lived there i had 17 guys on my football team 28 in my graduating class so what i'm getting at is that it was a small town you know no one goes to play division one football from wiggins colorado and you know my brother and i were the first two to ever go do that you know we took a lot of pride in that and teams didn't just come through wiggins colorado to check out talent like they do most schools you know no one knew no one knew in my town you know frankly i wasn't training uh with an nfl coach and training in an indoor growing up you know i was out in the hay field throwing hay bales on a trailer and pulling rye out of the wheat field and building barbed wire fence you know that was my lifestyle we had cattle we had 140 acres of land you know that was the lifestyle i grew up in so for me to have the opportunity to go play division one football out of wiggins colorado i think is a testament to you know how hard i worked uh, a testament to the way i was raised and the support and the fan base i had around me and uh, just the passion i had for the game of football that's really awesome man that's an incredible story but moving on to your college experience so what was it just like meeting Bill Snyder for the first time? He's a legendary coach. Just what was it like meeting him for the first time and then eventually playing for him? 
you know, that's a big reason why I went to Kansas State. You know, I feel like I'm a kid that kind of saw the big picture a little bit early. And, you know, I realized that no matter how good you are at football, it's going to end someday. And Coach Snyder stressed that. He was the only coach out of all the places I visited that took the time to talk about how he was going to mold me as a husband and as a father and as a son and as a friend and as a teammate before he did anything for me in the game of fall. And he promised me that when I left Kansas State, I would be prepared for the game of life and that if football were to end, I could be a successful good man and a good father and a good husband to, to whoever it was. And that meant a lot to me because I love this game of football, but I know it's going to end someday. I think a big thing a lot of kids struggle with is, is finding out who they are outside of the game. But when you go play for a guy like Coach, a great life coach, one of the best there is, he, he, he understands and lets you see the big picture. And on a completely different note, Coach gets everything out of his players. You know, I'm not big into stars in high school because, you know, I was a low star and I'm out here <laughs> proving to people that I'm not. But, you know, he, he brings in guys that are two or three stars and he molds them into great football players because of the way he works them, the demand and discipline that he, you know, demands out of these guys, the respect. And he molds these players into great football players. And I just, you know, Coach Snyder's a great coach. I can go on and on about him. From an on-the-field standpoint, you've played some center early on during your career, but the last few years you've played some right tackle. But some people are trying to say that you're you're a guard, even though you haven't played that to this point. Just where do you feel most comfortable at up front? You know, man, there's not a position you can put me at that I wouldn't feel comfortable. You know, in the senior bowl, I, I went out and snapped every single day before practice. I got a one-on-one rep at, at left tackle. You know, I felt comfortable doing that. I did the whole week at right tackle, including the game. And, you know, I've done right guard reps in practice. I'm out here training in California. I can go out of a three-point stance. I did that in the game anyways. You know, only difference is your difference with it, di- dealing with different type of football players. And, you know, it's kind of confusing for me um, why some people might not think I'm a tackle. You know, I had great measurables at senior bowl, you know, three, four and a half inch arms. I'm almost six, right below six, five, big old, big, big old hands on me. And uh, bottom line is, man, is I'll play anywhere. So people don't think I'm a tackle. And I'm talking about think people that like matter, like NFL coaches and staffs. That's fine with me, man. I'll play center guard all day. That's fine with me. Um, I personally feel comfortable at tackle right now, but you throw me anywhere and I'm going to be pretty confident for you. And I have to ask you, man, after practice, you were just fired up and you gave John Gruden a bit of a chest bump. Just walk me through that and what exactly was that like? (laughs) Yeah, man. You know, I had been, uh, you know, working hard all week. And at the end of practice, you know, I think this is the last day, man. He, uh, you know, calls it up and he says, we got three one-on-ones, offense, defense, winner takes all. And, you know, he, I had, I had, I wasn't up there right away. Someone else had got in there and he's like, no, I want Riser in there. And that amped me up, man. You know, coach had been really impressed with my, the edge and the chip on my shoulder I played with all week. And I, I know, I don't think, I know that Gruden loves guys that are willing to play with that. And, you know, he said, no, I want Reisner up there. So sure enough, I got up there and uh, he said, I've been waiting for this matchup all week. So you can imagine, you know, I got the North team, defense and offense all around me watching. I got John Gruden and let alone I have the world watching me and I got this one-on-one rep and you know I took the guy head on bull rush just literally washed him outside it, it wasn't too bad of a rep and uh so I won the rep it was pretty good and I went over there and I was so excited man I went and pushed John Gruden and you know I was kind of like what, 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 that's what I'm talking about coach like <laughs> what do you mean you're waiting like what do you mean you're waiting for this all week you should know not gonna win and I was just giving him crap man I play football with a a lot of passion and a lot of energy and I really wanted to win that rep so whenever I won the rep I, I, I was so happy that I ran over there and uh you know, I think I'm a kid that understands you don't get the opportunity 
to do that. A lot of kids don't get the opportunity to be in the senior bowl, and not even just be in the senior bowl, but get the opportunity to get coached by John Rudin. You know, that's a guy I've watched on TV. So, you know, I was I was just making the most out of my situation, and he was laughing, I was laughing. It was a it was a great cap for the week, man. That's for sure. That was a really awesome moment, and it really blew up on Twitter. It was really good to see. But you've had a fantastic career at Kansas State, and you've known for you know just being the staple of that offensive line for the past few seasons. But who's the best player that you played against in your college career? Who in my college career? Well, it's kind of hard for me to say because I know that I wasn't near as mature growing up my freshman year. But I went against Vernon Butler, a defensive tackle at Louisiana. Tech. He was a first-round draft pick to the Carolina Panthers, and uh, he was an extremely good football player. So I don't know if that's because I was 18 years old and it was my first year playing Division One football against a grown man, but uh, he was a really good football player. I'll always remember him. Who were some players that you pattern your game after, whether that's an NFL player or whoever? Okay. Um, a couple. Mitch Swartz from the Chiefs. Uh, been in contact with him this year, and I really try to mirror a lot of things that he does. I think he's an extreme the good right tackle and uh, does some really good things. And uh, Joe Staley. Joe Staley's extremely athletic, moves well, and is a vet in the NFL, a guy that's been playing for a long time and isn't necessarily the biggest and strongest guy on the field, but he makes up for it with his passion and, and energy and uh, the way he plays the game. So I'd say those two guys for sure. Those are definitely great examples and players that you are very similar to as well. So. I'm sure you faced some adversity in your life or some type of hardship. Just talk about how you were able to overcome that adversity or if you were ever faced with the hardship that you had to overcome in your career. Definitely, man. Definitely. I could talk about, you know, I could talk about personal. I could talk about family. I could talk about football. You know, if we're going to stick with on the football field, you know, I've been extremely blessed. And, you know, but there's been a lot of things that I've went through that, you know, whether it's private or not, you know, on the football field, Coming from where I come from, man, no one goes to play ball. And, you know, I was raised in a, in a football program where it was, hey, Dalton, block left and block right, block the guy to the fence, right? And when, you get, when I got to Kansas State, man, I wasn't the biggest, I wasn't the fastest, I wasn't the strongest anymore. I had to actually learn offensive line technique, and it was a really tough time, uh, a really tough transition for me coming from a small school. And, you know, there was all these five-star guys and all these 5A schools and guys that have been getting coached up. Like I said, I told you how I grew up, man. I grew up throwing hay bales. Like, I was just a small-town kid with an extremely good work ethic that wanted to compete. And, you know, one thing that I love when I see – people might think it makes me mad, but, you know, when I see guys that do write-ups on me and they talk about Dalton may not be perfect in this or perfect in that or, or whatever it is, but he just competes and he doesn't lose. And that, that's, that's where I want to make my point at is – I'm just a guy that's going to compete my ever-living, you know, my butt off every single rep that I take. I'm going to compete, and I'm going to make sure that I don't lose. And I feel like that comes from the way I was raised. So that adversity of not giving up, and that adversity was a five-year process, man. You know how many times I wanted to give up throughout my process because I couldn't get any teams to notice me? I went to 15 camps every summer just to get teams to take a look at me, but I knew once they took a look at me, I'd have a chance. So that whole adversity throughout high school, and people tell me you'd never make it and if you do make it you're never going to play and then I got to K-State and I was like man maybe everyone's right I did get these big offers but but now you know I'm not the biggest fastest strongest anymore like I don't know any technique these guys are so far ahead of me like I want to you know there's times where I wanted to give up but you know I never did man I continued on my process and I continued working hard and stuck to who I was and I found myself as a freshman starter and found myself five years down the road you know a three-year captain and, and a guy that 
that did a lot of things in his career that were pretty special. Wow, that's a fantastic story, man. And, you know, we read so much about you guys through the media, but we rarely ever get to, like, interview you guys and just be able to pull back the screen and peel back some layers just to find out what type of people you guys are. And just hearing your story, that's just fantastic, man. But who would you say is your biggest hero in your life? Oh, man, that is uh, that is tough. You know, I look up to so many different people. Um, I'm going to have to say my two parents. I uh, can't give you one or the other just because – I'm so extremely excited with both of them, and it's not fair to, to choose one. But uh, my parents, my best friends, man, they've been they've been for me. They've been there for me throughout the whole process. Uh, they're one of the biggest reasons why I am where I am. You know, they gave me access to the camps, camps growing up, and they pushed me, and they always taught me to believe in myself. And they always, I've always been a kid that was extremely confident, and I set big goals and I, I attained them. And they never told me a goal was too high. They never brought me down. They always encouraged me. They always did whatever they had to to make sure I was in the best spot to be successful and you know i had to be the one that went out there and performed but they did so much to put me in the right positions and you know to this day they're the first people i call i have a quote on my arm i have a tattoo on my arm that says families are the compass that guide us they are inspiration to reach great heights and they are comfort when we falter and the reason i tell you that is because you know whenever i want to accomplish something whenever i want to go have a senior bowl week first thing that's on my mind is my parents and how i want to reach a great height of having a great senior bowl week because I want to make them proud. And then if something doesn't go right, you know, an injury or whatever it is, a bad game, you know, like whenever I falter, like they're, they're there for me. You know, when everyone else in the world's against me and, you know, I had a bad game or whatever it was, like they're always there. So but those two are, are huge heroes of mine. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man, because the first time I met you, I'm like, man, this is a bad dude right here. He's got his chest poked out. He's got his sleeves rolled up. He's got his tat showing. So yeah. that's, that's the type of offensive yeah. line that I like right there. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, man, no doubt. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the type of guy when I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a great guy off the field, man. I take pride in being good to people and being kind. But when I get on that football field, I, I it's like a light switch. I turn that switch, and then the Dalton people might know. He goes blacked out mode, and I'm someone else for the, the, the few hours I'm on the field, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit right here. We're going to do a little segment called the two-minute drill. I'm just going to ask you a series of questions, and you can just be truthful and take however long that you want with these questions. So are you ready to go for it? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, so first question. No matter if it's center, guard, or tackle, who is the best overall offensive lineman in the NFL? good one man all right i'm gonna go joe thomas i know that joe just recently retired but i gotta go joe thomas since he retired literally a year ago that's a great answer (laughs) all right this one's really important so which one brings more joy to you getting out on the screen and crushing a guy or double teaming a defensive tackle to the ground double Teaming a defensive tackle to the ground, there's not a better feeling there. <laughs> That's really awesome because you and Chris Listrom did a hell of a job in the senior bowl on that on one rep. <laughs> so I had to ask yes, you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last question. you got to be truthful with this one. Pancakes or okay. waffles? Ooh. Dude, <laughs> my mom makes the most bomb pancakes i'm going pancakes bro <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you do on game day so that's what you dish out so yes, i was sir. really expecting yes, you sir. to say that <laughs> that's good man once again i just want to thank you for coming on man it's just a pleasure and i just want to wish you nothing but the best of luck in the combine and whoever that does end up drafting you they're getting a special individual and i just want to thank you again for coming on the draft board podcast 
Hey, no problem. If you ever need anything, uh, I'm here for you. I appreciate it, man. You got my number, so thanks again. Pretty cool interview right there with Dalton Reisner. By far one of my favorite prospects in this entire draft class. And just a quick story about him. We didn't have a prior relationship at all prior to the Senior Bowl. We met down there in funny way how you really get to know these prospects because I post these draft notes, but I don't really know these guys personally at all prior to going into this event. But Dalton was really one guy that I really clicked with once I got to meet him. And it's really funny getting to see all of these guys' personality because there's so many different guys at this event. You don't really get to you don't really get to see each and every one of them in practice and you don't get a chance to get a media session with all of them as well. But I went up to Dalton, I introduced myself and I just asked him for a quick two minutes of his time and he was very welcoming and giving that to me. Everyone has seen the Twitter clip that I have posted of him, and that was actually our first interaction of each other. And even after practice, I went up to him after that and was, hey, man, it was just a pleasure meeting you. And once again, just thank you for giving me your time. And I told him that I was starting this podcast very soon. And would he be welcome to be my first guest on the actual podcast? And he said, man, I would love to. So just kudos to him. And I just can't thank him enough. And that's just the type of person that he is. He's a very welcoming guy, and he's been that same type of guy ever since I have met him, even though we've only known each other for a week. So once again, I just want to thank Dalton Risen for coming on, and that's just the type of content that you're going to get on the Draft Board Podcast, and there's going to be other players and prospects that come on this podcast as well. That's just a great start with the first actual interview, and it's just a moment that I will never forget, but hopefully you guys, hopefully that sold you guys on this podcast. I would love for you to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever other platform that you feel just. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. The Draft Board Podcast has so much more to bring you during this draft season. And it's not just going to cover the NFL draft. We're going to cover the NFL roundtable as a whole. We're going to have notes from around the league and a whole bunch more. So just make sure you guys tune in. And I can't wait to bring you so much more content.